What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to announce a special announcement that is this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you are excited for what we're about to embark on. Let's do this. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. Uh, it's Marty Bent here. I guess you can say this is a special announcement episode. Uh, big move for myself. Uh, Matt as well. Matt is with us. We're sitting down with the 1031 team. What's uh, up, my... freaks? <laughs> Go. So we got... What's going on? Uh, I, 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 how do we start? I guess, so I guess for listeners of this podcast for myself uh and matt uh i'll speak for myself i've decided to join 1031 adventure fund focused on investing in bitcoin infrastructure uh as a partner um matt is joining as well what would you like to say matt well i mean i'm pretty excited about this announcement um i think uh i think we should start with some introductions of of grant and jonathan because they they won me over on this on this dream and this mission. And uh, I mean, me personally, I I guess I would start off with saying that I you know have a very bad history with uh, venture capitalism in uh, in Bitcoin land. Um, it has left me very frustrated and disappointed countless times. And um, I do think that there is a place for a proper mission driven. Uh, Bitcoin only fund run by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners, and I'm I'm very excited to be a part of it. Great. Um, I mean, I, I should I just kick off and give an intro on myself? Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, you know, like Matt said, uh, you guys sold the dream pretty pretty well to the both of us, and Michael Tanguma is with us as well, um, who's also a partner. And I think the story and the organic nature of of how this came to be is. It's a really good story and, and probably important to start there. Yeah, great. Um, look, we're, we're very excited as well uh, to be here and be part of, you know, a, a growing team and excited to have all you guys on board. You know, I guess how I would start it and say, you know, I've been a Bitcoiner for a number of years, um, but I come from the traditional finance background. So, you know, the... The, um, you know, the thing that Matt said about being sort of hesitant about traditional venture capital, um, you know, I sort of come from, from the institutional investing world, have been working for almost 15 years in private equity, but I've been orange-pilled for a while and, um, you know, lurking behind the scenes, learning as much as I could and just getting very excited about what's going on in the space and, and wanting to be more involved. Um, and so over time, I was not just hauling Bitcoin, but I was trying to uh, figure out what, you know, what's the way for me to contribute my experience um, to the space to try to help 
move it forward. And so, you know, Jonathan can give his story as well, but, you know, we were, um, you know, we were doing some, some, some angel investing. I, personally, I was doing it for the last five or six years, investing in a bunch of different companies because I'm uh, an investor by profession. It's just something that I love to do. I love to get involved with companies and support them and help them grow and figure out, you know, what are ways for, for me to, to be helpful. And, um, and I was also a Bitcoiner at the same time. And then we, we came across some opportunities to, to actually invest in some Bitcoin companies. And this is long before the idea of 1031 formed. It was just Jonathan and I um, talking about the space. You know, early last year, there was a lot going on with COVID and a lot of fluctuations and volatility in the markets, but everything seemed to devolve into Bitcoin. And that, and that was a time where a lot of people got orange pilled and started seeing the light. And we were, we were seeing some opportunities to invest in the space. Um, we started doing that uh, personally um, and, and just were really getting excited, both of us as Bitcoiners, um, to do more of that and try to find interesting people, interesting companies to support. And so we, you know, we, we started doing it personally. We, we invested in Unchained Capital as our, as our first investment. Um, personally, and then then also supported Swan Bitcoin. And we just, we started to hear this theme of um, Bitcoin companies really wanting capital and people coming onto their, their cap table that were also Bitcoiners. And we felt like in this, um, you know, in this world of loads of liquidity floating around, that there was a huge imbalance of capital that was directed towards the broader crypto ecosystem, but um, a real um, you know, imbalance of capital that was not going into the Bitcoin ecosystem. And so we started doing this personally. And then um, you know, that, that evolved into trying to spread out our, um, our capital base to include friends and families uh, capital. And, and, and then it went from there. But let, let me pause and let Jonathan chime in and introduce himself as well. Yeah, I think that was uh, a good uh, good line for us, Grant. Um, my background is actually medicine. So practiced as a hospitalist for a bit over 10 years. Uh, during that time, I uh, got my MBA and I ended up uh, building, launching, and then selling a biotech hedge fund where I created models for de-risking companies and drugs as they move through the uh, clinical trial, so phase one to phase three, and then FDA approval with a month-to-month -month option strategy. Um, so the connection uh, between Grant and I is we're cousins. So obviously we talked for quite a while, uh, a lot about the markets with Grant being in finance and, and my interest in the markets. But like Grant said, I mean, everything, every conversation devolved to Bitcoin and what we think Bitcoin is going to do and how Bitcoin is the great aligner of incentives. And so when we were having these discussions with companies and then with friends and family, I mean, we just saw the same kind of passion that we had about being Bitcoiners, supporting Bitcoiners echoed in the founders, the, um, the developers um, and our LPs. And I think, Grant, one thing that you mentioned that I, I think we should lean into and 
sort of highlight is the the imbalance of capital directed towards crypto versus Bitcoin. Like it, it's a pretty significant imbalance from a from a dollar perspective, correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we haven't um, we haven't tabulated it exactly, but you know, you can look at some of the big brand name VCs or even some of the more well known um, crypto funds, and you see, you know, you'll see an announcement pretty frequently of you know, so-and-so raised a couple billion dollars or so-and-so raised a couple hundred million dollars for their next fund targeting crypto. And, and, and then you see deals announced of, you know, 50, $100 million, even $300 million plus of all of these different funds um, investing behind different cryptocurrency protocols or different um, DeFi projects and, and if you compare that to what you see in Bitcoin, you know, there, there are a few other funds um, that, you know, we think are, um, you know, doing good things in this space. But if you, you sum up all of those groups together, it, it doesn't come anywhere close to, um, to what's, um, you know, being deployed in the broader crypto ecosystem. And in our view, as Bitcoiners, Bitcoin is the biggest opportunity and it's the one that, that makes the most sense. Um, and you know, you can, you know, you could sort of calculate a proxy of like how big is the different markets here um, and say, you know, Bitcoin is, um, you know, relatively uh, in size, relatively larger than the next, you know, top 10 or top 15 crypto markets just by market cap. And there's just billions upon billions and hundreds of different funds trying to speculate and drive activity there. Whereas on the Bitcoin side, it's just, um, you know, few, you know, very few and far between. Wait, so are you saying uh, orb coin isn't a good investment? <laughs> well, you know, what I would say is, you know, you see an announcement like that, right? And you see the names of Andreessen Horowitz or Multicoin. Um, and like my interpretation of that is like, compared to what we're doing, is those firms are chasing fiat dollar gains and like what we're trying to do is just chase a bitcoin future and they're trying with their world panopticoin um effort they're they're looking for more control and more influence on the world and what we want to do is just align ourselves with the bitcoin mission and allow the human spirit to flourish and, and create more freedom for people and so in effect like our strategy is just to do the opposite of exactly what what they're doing. Yeah, and that's actually where Grant and I really connected. Being an investor, working at Unchain, a portfolio company, seeing Grant recognize before people recognize what Unchain has become the past eighteen months, it seemed crazy to let an individual hold a key and not rehypothecate like BlockFi. It seemed crazy to let individuals have their custody solution with multiple hardware devices and go through that process until the assets worth $62,000. You're like, holy shit, I need to hold this. I need to hold these keys. Um, so it's going to take Bitcoiners to recognize this. It's not going to take shit corners. It's not going to take individuals to go and invest in Orb coin and Cosmos or whatever it is at, you know, transaction, transaction protocol and God knows what else. So it, uh, it was cool to connect with them and it's been cool to uh, see the team assemble and it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, and I, I, Michael, like just to keep pulling on that thread too. I think you do a really good job of really like highlighting the importance of the investment in the Bitcoin space, particularly in the infrastructure. Like, if Bitcoin is going to uh, grow into the the massive success that we 
think it can be, it is imperative that, that we direct capital towards the teams building out necessary infrastructure like uh, collaborative custody at, at Unchained or people building on the Lightning Network and other areas of, of the protocol stack. Yeah, we, we talked about this last week. I think uh, the total addressable market, if we just throw a number out, $400 trillion and the amount of Bitcoin VCs that have been raised, let's say 50, 60 million roughly, uh, and then the actual shitcoin VCs, what do they raise? Seven to 10, 20 billion dollars. What's the total addressable market for shit? It's zero. So it's like, what are we talking about here, right? Um, so, yeah. Massive opportunity. Well, that, and then the other way you put it too, it's a bit of a contrarian play, which I sort of, I, as in, uh, somebody who probably just tends to be a contrarian, it does seem, again, when you when you look at the numbers of capital that's been raised to be directed towards crypto versus Bitcoin, there's, there's obviously a, a crowded crypto uh, VC realm and, and a very small uh, Bitcoin-focused VC uh, pond, if you will. That, 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 and again, the, the capital desperately needs to get deployed into um, people building out this infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's why... I mean, we think that it's crazy the just to reiterate that you know bitcoin is now 1.2 trillion and yet we're still the contrarians here and that's why when we first started out we wanted to make you know our fund different because we're we're bitcoiners and bitcoiners are different so we named um, our management company 1031 to be kind of that hat tip to the um, to white paper day but to also declare that, you know, we're doing things differently. Our funds are low time preference. I mean, that's our vision. That's what we named our funds. So we're all in on Bitcoin because we're Bitcoiners. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it is very much sort of the, the anti-VC approach. We, you know, we, I, I, I hesitate to, to say that we're a venture capital fund because there's just such a stigma associated to that but of course that is effectively the strategy that we're taking is we're investing in the equity of early stage startups um, but we are trying to do things differently than traditional venture capital we want to align ourselves as much as we can to to bitcoin so our name is based on the white paper day and we are using a portion of our management fees to give back to uh, open source development we we made our first grants earlier in the year to OpenSats and to Bitcoin Q&A. And so everything that we're doing is, is trying to be different and trying to break the mold of what traditional VC is. You know, traditional VC is often, you know, name your fund after the partner's names. And it's, you know, it's not about us, actually. It's, it's not at all about us. It's about trying to create a group and trying to create a tribe, which that, that you know, we, we can get into some ideas we have around that, but create a network of people that um, are interested in working together and contributing their skill sets, which is what, you know, what we're, do we're trying to do, because Jonathan and I both had different backgrounds, but found a way that we thought we could give back to the space. But we think that most people who end up understanding Bitcoin and really getting excited about it, you know, they don't want to just invest in the space. They want to be involved. They want to participate and they want to give back. And so 
we're trying to figure out what are exciting ways for us to do that as a group. Yeah, I, I think it is a good sort of juncture to go into the value add for uh, the 1031 network, I guess you can call it, uh, of portfolio companies and, and people who may be involved uh, in the fund. Yeah, John, yeah, do you want to kick off there? Yeah, I think um, just kind of pulling that initial thread when Grant and I started out that you know, we, we're not coders, we're not developers, but we have other skills that we can use to, to try to help push Bitcoin forward. And as we continue to, to move forward and raise capital, we saw that, that same kind of um, just echoed throughout our LPs. And so we think that forming the 1031 tribe where we can have RLPs on a quarterly basis get together with uh, themselves, founders, um, thought leaders in the space that you know we can have an opportunity to create an open network that allows for you know spontaneous uh, interactions to create new value, therefore you know increasing the opportunity to help push Bitcoin forward. Yeah, you know it felt like um, the traditional VC model leaves their LP base and, you know, it's a, it's an untapped resource that, and especially with Bitcoin, with people wanting to be more involved, that why not leverage the experience, the expertise, the relationships of all these people who have been successful in their careers. They come from all different walks of life, but they have been energized by Bitcoin. And so why not create opportunities for these groups to come together for us all to collaborate, you know, that might that might just mean we all are trying to do our best to support a company that we invested in. But it might also mean that people have ideas on how can they leverage their experience to create new projects in Bitcoin. So it might be a way for us to incubate um, new opportunities or it might be a way for people who have been successful in a career but want to pivot and come into the Bitcoin ecosystem and work somewhere that's a way for them to network, a way for them to invest in themselves as well and grow and learn and be in the flow of what's going on. And so we're really excited about it. And, you know, as Jonathan said, we just think the more opportunities there are for interactions of people, collision of ideas, that's when something special pops out out of that randomness. One of the things like I've noticed personally is, you know, a lot of times in Bitcoin land, people think, you know, if you don't have this feature or if you don't have this tool available, it's because some of our, someone already thought about it and realized it was not feasible. But, you know, nine times out of 10, if you put founders together, you put devs together, they start talking. All of a sudden, they, there's these possibilities that come up that people had just never even considered. They had never even thought of. And, you know, one of the things that has always put a bad taste in my mouth with VC is this idea like, you don't want to raise VC money because if you raise VC money, then they're going to take over your board. They're going to take over your vision. They're going to completely take over your company, your project, and you lose control. And I, I like to think that our goal here is, is pretty much the exact opposite of that. The, the, the idea is that we want to support founders. We want to support devs and we want them to be their best self so that, so that Bitcoin can be stronger and more robust and really, at the end of the day, like I, I keep coming back to the same conclusion that, you know, if we fail here with Bitcoin, 
there is there's really no other hope like we have no other choice we we must do this right and we you know we must step up to the plate jonathan jonathan touched on uh, you know other different value adds other than <clears throat> engineering uh resources one of the biggest pleasures of my day-to-day job at unchained is seeing individuals that are 50 to 60 years old that have had a very successful life and you see the glimmer in their eye when they heard of bitcoin or they found it and it's like holy shit i thought i saw everything and you're showing me like the advent of fire and they truly are good people. You just had Larry Lapard. He's a fantastic guy. And when I met him in Miami, he looked at me and he was like, it's, it's what he had been looking for for 10 years since the 08 crisis and the ability to, to contribute and to be able to help and steer and give his, you know, age old wisdom to founders and entrepreneurs is something that is been massively needed in this industry. And so that's a huge component to what, brought us all together as well yeah and i think for me personally like it just what really sold me on this vision this team and the way we're approaching this model similar to what matt said i've always had a bad taste uh about venture capitalist particularly focused on this space uh through the eight years i've been interested in paying attention uh so I've, you've certainly heard me talk shit on vcs on this podcast in the past but I, I do think this is this model is number one special and uniquely different and that's always been my goal as i've sort of publicly stepped into the bitcoin space when i started the newsletter and the podcast is is try to find out uh, where Bitcoin, where I perceive there are uh, shortcomings in the Bitcoin space and try to help out there. So with the podcast and the newsletter, 2017, I thought there was a, a lack of quality and approachable information specifically focused on Bitcoin. And so I started the newsletter and the podcast to, to fill that gap that I perceived with Great American Mining as I joined their team. I saw that there was a need for uh, the, the geographic distribution of hash rate and a fight, uh, bringing a fight to the narrative front about Bitcoin mining and energy fund. And uh, similar here with 1031, for me personally, it's like, all right, there is a lack of quality investment dedicated to Bitcoin. And then on top of that, like the, the type of investors that you want uh, to be guiding these companies and helping them out uh, along the way. And I think for me personally, like something that came into my mind when I was making a decision. It was like, all right, would I, would I rather like Bitcoiners like Matt Adele, Michael Tanguma, Grant, and Jonathan investing in these companies that we're going to let the Silicon Valley typical VCs who really care about fiat gains get in. And again, it's like, if not, if not me, then who type mentality? Like we, I think um, it is important to sort of shift this model. And I think I'm most excited because I'm, I'm really optimistic and, and bullish on 1031 specifically proving that you can do venture capitalists in a different way. It doesn't hurt that we also <laughs> sit in the Bitcoin capital of the world, Marty. Yeah. Down That's here true. in Texas. Yeah. So uh, I guess we could transition to like what type of companies um, are in the portfolio now. You mentioned Unchained, uh, you mentioned Swan, um, uh, the low time preference fund has also, um, uh, helped out Samurai Wallet and, uh, Giga Energy. So that's, uh, Samurai Wallet. I think uh, I would like to focus on that specifically because they're, they're a complete, uh, closed loop Bitcoin model, right? And they're all the revenues in, in Bitcoin, all their expenses are in Bitcoin. And, and so I think 
that is a very interesting um, company to be supporting in the fund. Um, and then, uh, so that's software, wallet software, privacy software, and then, and then Giga, obviously they're, they're another mining company doing stuff in the oil and gas industry. Um, so I, I guess Jonathan or, or Grant, if you want to explain sort of the feelings behind those companies and in that sort of uh, diversified model of, of allocating funds to different parts of, of the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah, so we kind of broken it down into um, six buckets that we're looking at with financial services, layer two, lightning, uh, and layer three that's being built out. Uh, mining and energy services, which we think are very, very interesting too, because um, as you had mentioned, sovereignty infrastructure, because we think that, I mean, Bitcoin is um, ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, sovereignty. So there's companies that are going to be building out the ability for individuals to take back their data. And that is something that is really important to us to, to be able to, you know, to disintermediate the the gates that are preventing humans from be, you know, having their interactions or being able to speak freely. Um, and then emerging markets. We think that, I mean, Bitcoin, uh, when you have the, the discussions with individuals that are in countries that don't have the luxuries we have, I mean, everyone has always talked, they get it quickly and they do. And so companies that help to decrease the friction for those individuals to be able to access Bitcoin, to be able to tap into that monetary network that is open and permissionless. I mean, who can't who can't get behind that? So that's that's kind of our uh, we'll say our six buckets that we're really looking forward to. Yeah, and and the uh, you know we we are excited about the uh, the companies that we're backing, and you know for people who are interested, you can go to the websites and, and see more about who they are, um, you know, 1031.vc or lowtimepreferencefund.com. But, you know, Marty, what, what you said around, um, you know, some of the energy companies and mining companies, well, as well as a samurai wallet, like the way we think about it is investing um, in, under a Bitcoin standard in companies that are operating in the Bitcoin world is different from VC investing under a fiat standard. You know, traditionally, venture investing under a fiat standard is 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 mostly you know it's been scale at all costs, grow as quickly as you can, burn cash, don't operate profitably. But hopefully, once you scale to your millions and, and billions of users, then maybe you can turn a profitability dial, or maybe you can just still look for an exit. Um, at that time. And, you know, we think that no doubt because of how early we are in the industry still, there's going to be a lot of investment profiles that look like that. You know, we're, we're dealing with early stage companies that are likely not yet operating at profitability. And there's, given the growth in the space and the tailwinds in the industry, you will still have that profile that looks like very fast growth, burning cash for some period of time. but we also think under a Bitcoin standard, there's a there's a profile of investment that looks different where, you know, you're investing in companies that can be profitable 
earlier on and can be operating under a Bitcoin standard and accruing Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And that we think, you know, investing under a Bitcoin standard is really interesting. And so that's why, you know, we're looking at some of these companies like a Giga Energy that's, that's a mining play off stranded gas. And we think mining, you know, it's not traditionally a venture capital type of asset, um, but we think it's pretty compelling um, investment profile. Yeah, um, obviously I have a mining background. I, I think uh, the lack of investment in the mining space, uh, again, it is a, in another contrarian play that I like. I think the I think people are severely underestimating the mining industry in Bitcoin. Uh, they just see it as all right. They're they're getting energy at trying to get energy at a low cost, and then they're mining Bitcoin, and that's it. But they, I don't think people are are looking forward 10, 20 years where these mining companies are going to merge with the energy sector to some degree. They're going to go full stack from mineral to mining and then at scale to uh, mining pool level. And then you can go beyond that and get to like hash rate derivatives and stuff. So it's going to be a whole stack. Uh, I think mining is going to be a massive play in the future. And so that's what another reason I'm excited and, and another reason I, I joined 1031 because I think in the mining sector specifically, I can add a lot of value um, in, in sort of, reviewing all these companies that are coming to market and and make sure that we're allocating capital uh, efficiently in the space and it is desperately needed in the mining world as well mining is very capital intensive mm-hmm. um yeah so i guess one knock i mean we just i think we just have to cover this to cover all of our bases people are gonna be like all right why 1031 you guys are stupid you're investing in companies you should just be buying bitcoin you're not going to outperform bitcoin is it possible yeah that's i mean that is one of the most common questions uh i guess you know we we touched on this a little bit earlier but because uh, it was the point you were making marty around um you know what michael was saying is that like if if we all think bitcoin has the potential to continue to grow and possibly become the next world reserve asset and there be a, a monetary standard and entire economic ecosystem built around Bitcoin, then what does that mean? That means that there's more people using it. There's more people adopting it. There's companies and you know that infrastructure is being built around it. I think if, if Bitcoin just continues to exist today with no more infrastructure built around it and we think for some reason it's going to, you know, really big fiat heights in terms of uh, in terms of its price. Like I just don't know how that exists without there being a lot of infrastructure built around it. And and we, one of the thing, things we say is, you know, the last ten years really was like it would be hard to outperform Bitcoin um, at you know the asset over the last ten years. But we think now given where it is and the, the entrenchment of, of, uh, of the network and the build out of the network, the next 10 years will really be about everything that's built around it. And we're big believers in Bitcoin. We're holders of Bitcoin. We don't think that it should be an either or decision. You know, we think it does make sense to be investing behind the ecosystem because um, we think there will be opportunities uh, to outperform Bitcoin. You know, you can create you're, you can decide what you think the upside. We're at fifty thousand or sixty thousand dollars a Bitcoin today. 
you know, what is the, what is the upside? Is, is it 500,000? Is it a million? We would also Why are you so like, bearish, Grant? <laughs> yeah, in the next year. Or, um, no, you know, it's, pick your price, but over what time frame is it going to get there? Um, we would say some of the companies that we've invested in, even many of the ones that you would argue are very well entrenched, have established themselves and raised money at you know, eight and nine figure valuations, we think there's so much more upside even for those companies. And so we think there's, there is an opportunity to outperform Bitcoin. Jonathan, what, what would you add to that? Yeah, just uh, really a couple of things. Um, I think the companies today, you know, the, we haven't had all rosy pictures for the last four years with the bear market of 2018, 2019, and then COVID in 2020. So, I mean, you had companies that had to weather, weather those storms. So trying to, you know, create these market clearing mechanisms that, you know, move, there was no subsidy from the U.S. government uh, for those zombie companies in Bitcoin. Um, so you had companies that were forced to be lean and to navigate that. So I think, you know, being able to, to so help to support companies that know, are able to be lean and nimble during difficult times will definitely flourish in, in good times. And so... With companies that are operating on a Bitcoin standard, you're going to have the appreciation and the equity in that, you know, those companies are attracting more more customers and providing more and more value to the market. But then they're also going to be their their balance sheet is going to accrue value because they're denominating their profits in Bitcoin. So I think that you know investing in companies uh, that operate on a Bitcoin standard. Are really it provide an option to Bitcoin, um, and then also, like Grant said, you have these companies that are building out the infrastructure. So it's really also a flywheel for our underlying Bitcoin position. There's also um, it seems obvious to us, but a lot of individuals, especially outside investors, wouldn't fully grasp is the first 10 years of Bitcoin are going to look fundamentally different than the next 10 years, the second chapter. And it's going to take actual Bitcoiners to recognize that. That's part of the thing we talk about on chain and other, you know, we talk about lightning, like this stuff is alien technology to banks, to, to individuals, to VCs. So when we talk about outperforming, it's like getting at the ground zero at these companies that are building things are going to, in, by 2030, you're going to look insane when it comes. So it's going to look obvious then, but it, it doesn't look obvious now until, unless you're a Bitcoiner. Yeah. Yeah. The, the flywheel comment. That's always um, something I've, I've been arguing too. I'm like, cause uh, there's been discussions and groups throughout the years. It's like, like, why aren't, why aren't many people like focusing on investing in companies? It's always like, you know, Bitcoin's going to outperform. I'm like, hey, there's the flywheel argument always, has always made sense to me. Like you can drive value to the underlying asset. If you invest in people building out infrastructure that gives it more utility and makes Bitcoin more useful and easier to use for individuals. Like it's always seemed like a very logical uh, case for me. Like this stuff doesn't just happen, right? <laughs> you need people to go out and build it. And these people need capital to build these tools. And no matter uh, what you think of venture capital uh, or institutional investment and how that may <laughs> help some people may perceive that could uh, sort of bastardize companies and their cap tables. Like it is like, there is a net, very necessary component to providing capital to these teams so that they can actually build um, and feed their families as they're building. Yeah. 
think a great um, kind of segue for us, I mean, to, just for reiterating the points that you just made is um, our, the other advisor that we have to the team, Parker Lewis, and his Gradually Then Suddenly series. I think that really can highlight, you know, I mean, just why Bitcoin and why Bitcoin and why the companies are the flywheel for Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I love um, that Jack Mahler says, you know, he, he, he's been delivering this message that early participants in an open monetary network are the ones that are poised to, to really win. And so we think, you know, right now is a really exciting time. In fact, probably the most attractive time that we've ever seen to be investing um, you know, in the ecosystem because the, the network is, has, really, um, has really been developed and there's really interesting companies that um, you know, have been around for a couple of years and some being formed right now that we think have the potential to be real breakouts. I think Matt's going to hop in here. I mean, I would just add that, you know, this space is filled with fiat companies operating under a fiat mindset. Um, those aren't, you know, the types of companies that we're focused on supporting. Um, we're focused on supporting teams that um, are basically operating under the assumption that we're moving towards a Bitcoin standard and they're prioritizing their own internal goals um, to surviving and thriving in that Bitcoin standard. So um, I think that's a, it's a key distinction because unfortunately, you know, for better or worse, uh, the overwhelming majority of the companies, especially in the greater crypto space, but even in Bitcoin land um, are operating under a fiat mindset. And that's, you know, that that's not the goal of, of this project. No, not um, Michael. I think it's a good time to, uh, to bring up just like the energy that you've been feeling here in Texas, specifically like in Houston and Austin, like you, you were texting me, uh, I believe it was Thursday or Friday after coming back from the Houston meetup. And you're like, now people outside of Bitcoin are starting to get it and they just want to, they, they love freedom. <laughs> They love private property rights. They love uh, sound money. And they just, and there's people from outside the space coming in that are looking to build things uh, in a massive way. Yeah. So um, we had the, the long last weekend in Austin F1, had a couple of days here in the office. And then Parker and I took off to Houston to uh, spread the gospel all across Texas. And we had the, the meetup that he's helped build or he has built. And that, that city, and uh, I want to say there was roughly 250, 275 people, portfolio company, Giga Energy. Uh, Brent was on the, the stage, host, basically um, holding it down for the off-grid mining. There was uh, some other folks on, you know, talking on grid. And Brent, you know, great guy. We, uh, so we had this, this meetup. Everybody's there. We're excited. We're doing client meetings um, across the, the city, oil and gas, midstream, upstream. And... Um, what just struck me was I had, hadn't seen, you know, living in New York City, Austin, across Texas, I hadn't seen very wealthy individuals work so hard and not flaunt it, not show it. These were just people that were building. They were in there, they were meeting, they were coming to figure out how to structure deals, how to put things together, because they were trying to build a better city in Houston and state in Texas for their family. 
for their kids to grow up and to have something that was going to last hundreds of years. It wasn't just like, Hey, I'm just trying to buy a Lambo or I'm just trying to buy a bigger house. Um, so it was just incredible to see people working hard, trying to build a better world. And they weren't necessarily Bitcoiners yet. These were just people that had been working under this standard, whatever that standard was here. And, and it's how I was texting Marty. It's like driving back is like, is this how the world's going to be when we have sound money, when everybody's able to operate and build things that are going to last longer than they'll be ever be able to see and, and grow and think with humility and want to work together in collaboration. Um, so it's been really cool to see. And I, and I think that's what we're all working to, to achieve. Yeah. And again, just highlight the fact that the, the name of the funds that we're rolling on are low time preference fund. Again, it's a, it's a bit contrarian, taking a, a longer view and building things and investing in things that we believe will <clears throat> give our children and grandchildren value we may not see the fruits of our labor um to the fullest extent but we know that i I think i can speak pretty confidently for everybody on this podcast right now is that bitcoin is imperative i do not want my son uh, and future children and grandchildren to grow up in a world where bitcoin does not exist and not only exist but succeed the way that we believe it should be which is enable as many people as possible to access the network in a permissionless fashion and use it in a self-sovereign fashion Um, and that's our goal is to invest in companies that are building the tools to make it easier and accessible um, to do all that stuff yeah very very well said you know this is about trying to create you know help facilitate hyper bitcoinization and create a world that that we want to live in and that more importantly that our kids can live in and you know i've got kids jonathan's got kids and this is this is about the future and if we continue to teach that next generation it will become a reality and we continue to invest in these companies and help prop up the ecosystem in whatever way we can and whatever way we can contribute then that's you know that that's our guiding uh, north star yeah all right we 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 said we're gonna do a tight hour we got like 10 minutes left for a tight hour 20 minutes or probably like 15 minutes left um okay 10 31 where was everybody on uh october 31st 2008 i know exactly where i was i might have a a, a disit or an advantage here because it was a very hard day for me to forget it was phillies had just won the world series uh and i was at the world series parade marching down broad street 17 year old marty unaware that Satoshi Nakamoto was dropping a white paper on the world that was going to change the trajectory of my life in ways I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I was in medical school, so I was buried in books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For me, I, uh, it's, it was like an interesting time because I spent a few years working for a big bank uh, out of college. I'm probably gonna be close to, to doxing my age here, but um, then I transitioned and moved to, to private equity right, right around that time, um, which was right around the time that obviously that, that Lehman was going under. And I started my, my new role there when, you know, under the chaos, but like, I, I like to think of my last um, you know, 13 years uh, in the role that I had is is really preparing me for, you know, this moment to leverage that experience. Um, you know, I, I worked on 
a number of different large-scale investments uh, and sat on the boards of, of you know big billion-dollar-plus companies and really got excited about just helping out and figuring out how can you know, how can I be helpful and and help companies grow and you know I was a long time in that fiat professional investor world but I look at it as um, really good training grounds to try to bring all of that experience to Bitcoin and the companies that you know we've been talking to um, seem to be interested in, in having that type of um, you know experience whether it's sitting on the boards or just being an advisor informally um, so you know back back then I was going through the the fallout of all that that Lehman chaos and dealing with what was going on in the markets but um, you know I look at it as a, as a good you know good experience. I was doing nothing nearly as close as that. I probably was right out of high school somewhere drunk because it was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to try and dox my age, even though Marty always tries to trap me in doing it. But um, I remember my Halloween costume. I was blissfully unaware of the white paper dropping. Unfortunately, I uh, wish I was on that mailing list. Um, and, uh, but I mean, as far as the whole Lehman chaos that was happening, the 2008 chaos that was happening, uh, as a New Yorker, I experienced that firsthand. Um, I just, there were so many people um, from my hometown, uh, friends from school, their parents who just thought they like knew everything, that they were the top of the world and just, they could do no wrong. And to me, especially, you know, in my formative years, it was a, like a magnificent rug pull, you know, it was this idea that, you know, there, there's no one in the world that knows everything. We're all just trying to figure it out as we go along. Um, and, you know, I like to think that it started to plant the seeds of, of staying humble and, and, and keeping yourself grounded um, rather than thinking, you know, everything and just being able to constantly adapt and constantly move forward and improve yourself. Um, is absolutely imperative. Yeah, it's crazy to think it's been 13 years since all the Lehman crisis, uh, Satoshi dropping the white paper. And like we mentioned earlier, the first 13 years uh, have been great. Obviously, you had <clears throat> the first few years, Bitcoin flew under the radar. Was these enthusiasts building out the, the protocol um, and trying to get more people into it. And you had like the Roger Ver, Eric Voorhees era where they're, really trying to get people into it, doing, uh, doing Bitcoin faucets and giving Bitcoin out and trying to get uh, merchants to accept Bitcoin. Uh, and then you had like the, I would say like what, 2015, 2016 bear market where things got a bit desperate, but there were some hardcore people that, that uh, hung around and really tried to ensure that, that it kept going. And you had the fork wars and the ICO boom and uh, obviously the subsequent crash over that. And then like the last three years, like, uh, Jonathan mentioned earlier, you, you had a lot of lean, scrappy teams sort of uh, go through a lot of shit. And we have emerged in 2021, uh, 13 years after Satoshi dropped the white paper. And I, I think the network is inarguably stronger than it ever has been. I said this on RHR last night. I think we're about to hit an inflection point uh, in terms of innovation and the ability to innovate on top of the Bitcoin stack. Um, and so like Grant mentioned earlier, it does seem like a very 
opportune and, and almost the perfect time to begin allocating capital in this fashion to teams building out the infrastructure on, on the Bitcoin stack. Um, and so I think the next 10 years, the next decade, the 2020s, uh, beyond this point are going to be extremely exciting and there's going to be an, an explosion in the utility that's brought to uh, Bitcoiners because of the companies building on the stack. And I'm uh, ecstatic that I have the opportunity to join uh, a team like 1031 and work with people I love and respect. Uh, and I think the way um, we're going about this, again, I'm optimistic it can uh, it can prove to the market that you, you can do this stuff in, in more unique ways and, and not try to be a, a fiat maxi, just trying to control uh, companies to, to squeeze as much fiat out of them as possible. I thought you were going to go full uh, montage right there and start in, start in the 2011 <laughs> uh, with the white paper. I thought <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you're going to piss people off. I'm going to have to write that. Now I have to write that. Now you mentioned it. <laughs> no, I believe uh, it when I see it. Yeah, we're, you know, we're super excited to have all you guys on board. I mean, you, you've, you've all been formative to us um, becoming Bitcoiners. And over the years, everything that you guys have done to, for the ecosystem, um, we love what you do. And we think you're an incredibly valuable resource um to the community and you know with michael with unchain you know unchain's one of our favorite companies and what they're doing is critically important to the space and so to to bring on a team like you guys um you know we're incredibly humbled and grateful to to be partner with you guys we consider you guys brothers and, and are super excited 100 percent um i mean i just want to add before we wrap up here that you know i understand uh among the freaks, because I feel it as well. There's, you know, there's a lot of distaste among uh, traditional VCs. And uh, what we're doing here in this announcement and coming to you freaks first uh, with what we think is very big news um, is not asking you to trust us. It's not asking you to just blindly just believe in us. Um, we seek to prove it to you. And uh, we, I look forward to you guys holding our feet to the fire as expected. And uh, all, all feedback is appreciated, uh, no, matter, no matter how angry it is or how disappointing it is. Uh, I do hope uh, that, that, we, that we prove you right and, and, and we hold true to you. Absolutely. Um, don't trust verify. And you know where to find us. Uh, third, third Thursday in Austin, Texas, uh, Grant and Marty, I, you know, I can count on them being there every month. Uh, we'll get Jonathan and, Mar and Matt down uh, consistently soon enough. Maybe they'll just end up living here. Yeah, if you want to come heckle in person, Austin Bit does meet up. Uh, yeah, no, I, again, yeah, don't trust Verify. Um, we can only we can only prove via actions, and um, uh, we are going to start making actions, and hopefully, they prove to the world that there is a way to to invest in Bitcoin companies building out self sovereign infrastructure uh, in in a way that supports the teams and most importantly supports the Bitcoin network in the way that we believe it should be supported. So yeah, announcing this on happy white paper day to everybody out there. Uh, 13 years. It's a, uh, it's a big day. Um, it's hard to believe it's been 13 years, almost half my life, which is fucking insane to think of. Um, Bitcoin's already been around for almost half my life. Uh, 
that just hit me. Um, <laughs> and uh, again, I'm ecstatic to be working with you gentlemen and uh, very much looking forward to fucking hitting the ground running here and uh, and making sure that Bitcoin succeeds. Does anybody, I guess we can let everybody give some parting thoughts uh, as well. I'll start. I'm tell you, I'm just absolutely stoked that um, we get to do this together and, you know, use our talents um, that we have to, to help push Bitcoin forward and continue to bring in more uh, individuals that have the same kind of yearning when when they start drinking the the bitcoin moon juice yeah no absolutely not for, for me um you know we, we were bitcoiners for a while um and then we started looking at the space and if you ask me you know a couple of years ago when the seeds of this were really being planted un unbeknownst to us that fast forward that amount of time and today we'd be sitting here doing this i, I wouldn't have believed you um incredibly excited um you know in it to work as hard as i can to give whatever i can to the mission of bitcoin so so very excited to, to do it and um you know happy to have you guys on board with us because i think again as a as a group and, and you know as a broader tribe that we're forming here you know we can be more impactful um rather than just you know the individual some of the parts yeah i think everybody's you know echoing everybody's sentiment um i think the one thing i'll add is it's such a pleasure to find bitcoin and individuals like you guys and this mission because you know we know it's going to outlast us all we're going to we're going to do this for the rest of our lives um and to know that that's there and that's something that you can rely on is just truly a joy. So appreciate uh, everybody being a part of it and look forward to the next, you know, 50 to 100 years. Yeah, I mean, it's about legacy. And uh, that's why I'm here. I think that's why you guys are here. Um, I honestly do consider everyone in this team family. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, to the freaks, I mean, this isn't the end of the conversation. This is the very beginning of the conversation. I'm very excited to move forward here. Um, and I would just reiterate, because Grant kind of just said it in passing, but I think, you know, one of the truly unique things we're doing as part of this project is in a, in a post-Bitcoin future, it's not just about Bitcoin businesses. You know, free and open source projects are going to be a massive part of our children's and their children's future. Um, so we will be contributing a portion of our management funds towards open source contributors and developers and projects. Um, and I think that is a truly unique thing that, that we are doing. And it's a, a key aspect of the mission as far as I'm concerned. So um, just, you know, I, just, just to end it on, on a, to me, a very important point. Um, I, am, I am very much looking forward to doing that as well as supporting Bitcoin businesses. And I look forward uh, to going along on this mission with all you guys. Yeah, I guess I'll end it with prepare for many more disclaimers in the future. <laughs> oh my God, there's going to be so many fucking disclaimers. <laughs> prepare, freaks. Just prepare yourselves. Gentlemen, let's go do this shit. Peace and love, freaks. Go. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>